Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. Join Tyler and his team as they unlock the secrets to achieving financial independence through wealth building strategies inspired by Robert Kiyosaki and other thought provoking leaders. Learn to build leveraged streams of cash flow that land in your pocket and improve your quality of life. Gain access to cutting-edge ideas that will increase your productivity and streamline your success. Find out how to supercharge your retirement plan so you won't have to retire with a pay cut. You can escape the rat race. Are you ready? It's time to Learn to Earn with Tyler Chef. Welcome to the Cashflow Guys podcast. It's that time again. It's Friday morning. I know you've got out of bed early. You just can't wait to hear another episode of the show. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been me a lot lately. I've had a few guests on the show, but I'm really super excited about this guest we have today. As I started, when I those of you that have been paying attention to the show since episode one, I started on this second act in real estate spending a lot of time on bigger pockets listening to the bigger pockets podcast reading all the different blogs and whatnot one of my favorite blog authors at the time was ben Leibovich. not that it's changed any since then he's still one of my favorites but i am honored to have him on the show now ben for those of you who don't know he's a hands-on real estate investor that means roll up the sleeves get the job done he's not one of these people that sits back and spews out a bunch of BS on theory, he actually practices what he preaches. And that's the difference that separates people like Ben apart from everybody else. Okay, He's not a theorist. He's not a theologist. He actually is a practitioner. He does what he says, what he teaches other people to do. He's a published author. We're going to talk about his book today. And he's a serial entrepreneur. And as of most recent folks, he has become a house hacker, which happens to be the title of his latest book, is this book I have here in my hand, it's called House Hacking. Admittedly, I'm not 100% through the book, it, but it's so incredible, the information that's in here. It's, it's simple, well-organized, and to the point. So, folks, he is also the owner of JustAskBenWhy.com. He's featured as a blog writer and a contributor to both the Bigger, Bigger Pockets podcast and their website. Those of you that are new to real estate, if you have not been over to Bigger Pockets, you may want to take a, a pop by there, read some of the blogs on there. There's some real good information out there for both new new folks and people that have been doing it a while. So with no further ado, Ben, super glad to have you on the show, brother. Tyler, really good to be with you. And I think we're going to have fun, judging by the five minutes before this uh, recording I think so uh, too. we spent. I this think is so going too. to be a blast. I'm happy to be with you. We you know, I remember reading your blog. I liked your blogs are always, they're kind of like, they're like my show. They're in your face. You don't, uh-huh. you, you, no, no BS. You just lay it out there like it is. And here's the thing, though. The cool thing, like I said in your intro, is you actually back it up with action. You, yep. you were a concert pianist growing up, right? I was actually a concert violinist. Violinist, that's it. I knew it was something that I can't do. It's one of those things. <laughs> <laughs> it's something I can't do anymore either, so don't feel bad. <laughs> but you, like my wife, and those of you, a lot of people don't know in the show, is my wife suffers from MS. Um, she's an identical twin. We unfortunately lost her sister about two years ago. Ben, one of the reasons we identify with you, Ben, or when we got back into real estate investing after our five-year hiatus, 
is that you're out there doing this with MS. You basically said to MS, kiss my ass. I'm going to live my life anyway. And here you are. And, you know, I don't want you to, you or anybody listening to take it the wrong way because that sounds very chivalrous and debonair. And it wasn't like that. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, when your back's to the wall and you're scared as you've ever been, it's not one of those things where, yeah, I'm just going to kick life in the teeth. I mean, it's, it's not, it's, it just isn't, I would be lying to you if I said it was, but you got to do what you got to do at the end of the day. What do you do? Lay down and die? Absolutely not. So, you know, you got to do what you got to do. And real estate happened to be it for me. I'm, I've got my hand in uh, many jars at this point, but real estate is at the center of it all. Now, for you, you talked about, we were just talking about before we pushed record here, just kind of getting to know each other is, you know, we were both talking about how the grind is really a lie. And, and a lot of what you talk about in house hacking, what it's all about is putting yourself in a position to where you can actually afford the lifestyle in which you want to be. Well, it's not even about affording lifestyle you want to be. Life is not worth living unless you are living the lifestyle you want to live. This is the premise I don't understand. Right. I don't understand deferred gratification. I'm not a proponent of being stupid, but neither do I understand. Like every decision for me starts with what do I want? You know, everybody looks at their checkbook and, and, and looks at how much money they make. And then they say, well, based on how much money is in here and based on how much I think I'm going to earn the next year, I can afford X, Y, Z. That to me is a foreign concept because X, Y, Z is not what I want. X, Y, Z is not worth living life for. What I want is what I want. Now figure out how to pay for it. And the grind by the numbers is not how you pay for it. At least it hasn't been my experience that you can pay for that which you define as your nirvana as the grind. The grind just it's too highly taxed. It's too stressful. It doesn't leave enough time for creativity. There's you, you name it. There's every reason for why the grind doesn't work, you know? Um, and it's funny. I started out and I went this way and all of my buddies went highly educated people, you know, went went with the corporate route and professional musicians. Everybody's dropping out now. Everybody I'm getting a call every other week. Hey, I'm taking a hiatus for three years. I just can't take it anymore. You know, that's because life isn't about that. Right. So that's the main distinction. And that's the point I try to make in the book. You can have anything you want as long as it pays for itself, because then you don't have to pay for it. So as an entrepreneur, this is the way I look at things. When I want something, the question is not how do I pay for it, but the question is how do I gear that thing that I want to pay for thyself? Because if it pays for thyself, then I don't have to worry about paying for it. Then how much I make this year or how much I'm going to make next year or how much money in the account doesn't even enter the equation because the thing's going to pay for itself. So who cares? Right. And that's the buy. difference of. You know what I'm saying? You're setting this up. So you're going in with absolutes. You're going in knowing that that's you're right. going to make money. You make That's right. Buy. Well, the thing is, I'm not independently wealthy. So it's not like I can stroke a check 
for anything that I want. But I still want those things because that's what life is about. It, you know, it's, it's human nature. You know, you want to read those gurus that tell you to, you know, penny pinch and say, you know, I mean, you know, I know a bit of French. I can't say it on recording, <laughs> but you know how I feel about that. Oh, yeah. It goes against human nature. It's like the romance, the, the, the romance personified those, those, you know, the, the sunsets on the beach, the house that you want to live in for your family, the, the vacation you want to take, the car you want to drive, the suit you want to wear. Everybody just just disses those things, but those things are what makes our, you know, what what makes our hearts tick, you know. And I think it's wrong for us to say to ourselves, no, no. And then you go through life telling yourself, no. I just think there's a better way. Yes, you can't be stupid. I'm not telling you to be stupid. Figure out how the thing is going to pay for itself, and then you can have it. So don't deny yourself is what you're saying. Just, this is what I'm saying because right. what's the point of living? So this is a quasi, a little bit of rich dad methodology mixed in here. It's like don't say it. Don't worry about it. Don't use the words I can't afford it. Ask how can I afford it? In other words, go out and acquire something that will pay for it or how will this pay what, for itself, so to speak. And so that's the infamous rich dad formula, right? You want a new car, go buy a, go buy a rental uh, that throws off enough cash to pay for the payment on the car and, and this and that. I am taking it a step further. I'm saying, you want a car? Great. How's the car going to pay for itself? In today's economy, you've got Lyft. You do. Put the car on Lyft or, or you've got you've got uh, whatever that service is called where you can rent out your car. You can make your payment with a couple of rentals on that. I mean, in today's economy, if you can't figure it out today, you don't deserve to know it or to have it. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. I love that methodology. That's awesome. You you talk about in the book. Well, we'll start with the title. I got to ask house hacking. And I. Where did that start? Who who coined that phrase house hacking? Was that you or was that the boys at Bigger Pockets or, or how? No, that, that I don't think that was me. So one of my best friends, his name is Brandon Turner. Yep. Of course, he's on Bigger Pockets. Uh, he is telling me uh, unequivocally that he coined the term. I don't know if he did or didn't, but I give him credit in the book that he did. Um yeah, I love Brandon. He's a good friend and, you know, whatever. I don't care who created it. The thing is, my concept of house hacking is different from anything else, anything that he's done or anything that he's ever thought about. Because my concept of house hacking, unlike starting from the standpoint of scarcity, which is I'm a poor schmuck who doesn't have anything, and this is the only thing I can do to afford a roof over my head, I'm starting from a point of, no, 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 no. I can afford a roof of my head. I can afford a nice roof over my head. I got cash flow. I can do it. But why should I pay for it if I can have somebody else pay for it? And I'm not talking about a roof. I'm talking about like a nice travertine and granite roof, okay? This to me, again, it just boils down to what do you want out of life? Now you use your tool belt to position that thing and to turn it from a liability into an asset. I, again, I'm taking it one step further. I'm not satisfied with Robert Kiyosaki saying, okay, what I want is a liability. That's cool, I'm okay with it. Right. Because I'm going to offset it with an asset over here. What I'm saying is, 
you're smart enough, you're creative enough. Yes, it's a liability to most people, but to you, can you gear it, can you turn it on its head and make it into an asset? So I didn't want to live in a fourplex. I'm probably getting ahead of myself because we need to talk about those specifics relative to house hacking, but I wanted something that is traditionally not viewed as house hacking. I just... I just discovered a formula that works for me because I wasn't willing to sacrifice my lifestyle just, you know, to save a penny. I just wasn't. That's not what it's about for me. So to be clear, you wanted the lifestyle of a nice house, a nice place to call home, a place to come walk in the door and go, yep, I've arrived. You just didn't really you wanted to. But also at the same time, figure out a way to make that cost affordable. In other words, put that right. asset to work. That's right. While you still live there, without doing like what I did with the whole buy a fourplex and, and type of thing, you're talking about the McMansion. Let's, for lack of a better term, that's right. You're gonna turn this into an income vehicle. Well, that, I already have. Right. I'm sitting on nine plus thousand dollars of cash flow out of this thing in seven months. While you live there is what I want. While to I'm sure. living here, this is, folks, what I want you to pay attention to. This is why this episode is going to be so powerful because many of you have come to me on my my consultation call. Said Tyler, we want to do, we want to get involved in real estate. Great, what do you have? I got nothing. Okay, what are, what do you, do you have anything? I've got five thousand dollars. Well, I would say invest in yourself. Regardless, my usual pitch to them is you go buy a duplex, live in one side, build up, you know, the traditional. Uh, buy, rent, rehab, and uh, move and do it all over again. Your method is go ahead and get the house that you can qualify for. And we'll talk a little bit about that because I've got questions on the financing and whatnot as well. But go out and sure. buy buy the nice house. Don't buy the don't be the guy that goes out and buys the ten thousand dollar house in South Memphis because it's a low barrier of entry. Uh, go out and buy the really nice house that's in let's say Arizona in a great neighborhood that's really really nice you can afford it on paper but we all know what the mortgage broker says we can afford and what our checkbook says we can afford are usually two different things right usually the mortgage banker will say you can afford it in reality you can't it just looks good on paper that you can sure you're blowing the, the lid off of all that and saying no 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 we're gonna yep. employ a method in the book that you cover in great detail in the book and Thank you for keeping it simple, by the way. I got to say, you dummied it down to the point to where it's not insulting, but it, it's engaging and it kept me in, involved in the book because I can tend to wander. But you're going to shatter the ceiling on that and say, no, we're going to do this a different way. So, how is this different than just buying a rental house or buying an apartment building? Let's start there. It's different because it starts with what you want and what makes your heart sing. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't overstate this. Real estate investing to you and to me is there to underwrite the cost of our lives. Amen. That's why we have property. That's why I have real estate. That's why I have businesses. That's why I do what I do because that cash flow, that's, you know, that that's there for a reason. True. So all that I'm saying here is that I could go out, and in fact, I discussed this in the book, I could go out and buy some investment property and then bridge the cash flow from the investment property into the primary residence. I simply happen to shave a step 
and get a primary residence that is also a very viable cash flowing investment vehicle. So I got, you know, killed two birds with one stone. But the main difference between that which people see as a traditional house hack and that which I am doing is that I, my wife, my kids, we were not going to be willing to sacrifice quality of life in order to save a penny. We're just, I'm 42 years old. I have a diagnosis of a mess. I'm at a place in life where I am not going to make those sacrifices to that extent. Now, I'm not going to buy a $3 million mansion either. So we have to define kind of the parameters. But as far as that is concerned, I, 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 you know, I live in a very nice house that leaves me wanting for literally nothing. And that was the idea. So my idea of house hacking is start with what you want. Define what you want first. Don't worry about the money. Don't think about the money. Don't worry about the money. Don't, you know, define what you want. And then, you know, make your knuckles bleed trying to dig and figure out how it's going to pay for itself. And I'm telling you it's an easy process. Now, I've defined the formula. It's funny. I've got my wife is a licensed agent. She's just closed on a house hack yesterday. She's got two others under contract. I mean, uh, that's people reading the book and reaching out, dude. Right. Hook us up. Right. Yeah. Me, me next. Kind of thing. Okay. But that's, you know, it's it, who is reaching out? It's people with families. It's people, it's people who owned property in 2006 and had it handed to them. Right. In 2008. Okay. It's people who've burned uh, very significantly and completely had a bad taste in their mouth until they read this book. Because it's just such a happy synthesis of everything involved, right? So it's, it's, it's a lot lower risk profile, which is the whole point. It's people who cannot do like, you know, two, three kids. You can't do a regular house hack. You can't find a fourplex that would be acceptable to a family with two or three kids. You just can't. It's very difficult to do that. Right. So for somebody in, you know, in in, in the circumstance where you can. okay, fine. But for me, that was a no go. I I needed a house and I needed a nice house and I needed it in a great location. That's just it. And then, you know, figure out how to do it. I'm not even finished with the book, and as soon as I let my wife gets her hands on this book, we're going to be doing a house hack on a waterfront house, I can tell you. Oh, I bet. Well, I mean, we, the fourplex has been great. Don't get me wrong. We got actually paid to buy it. It's been a cash sure. deal for us. But let's be honest. I still live in a fourplex. It's a two-bedroom, exactly. one-bath apartment. Now, for us, at the time, it made sense because, well, number one, it's free living, but there's still a lost opportunity cost there. And we like sure. the fact that when we travel a lot. So the podcast can be portable. Everything in my life is portable. We don't, we don't need much. But at the sure. end of the day, she's got MS like you do, and quality of life is important to us. And, and that's why when we, just, what we were talking about before we started recording is we would normally do a, a 24 to 48-hour turn up in Memphis. We're up looking for more property. 
we turned it into a five, six day trip because we want to spend some time taking in the blues and, and checking out the different sure. areas and doing all this. So it, this makes sense. I mean, it makes. And this is what uh, so many people don't understand because they they're young. A lot of a lot of people are young, and other people have been brainwashed to accept mediocrity for, for you know, you just. It's a marginal thing, uh, a shift in thinking, but it's a shift in thinking, right? You are alive one time. You are here on borrowed time. If you don't get her done now, what the hell are you doing? Right. So I'm going to depart for a second and go back to what I hear sometimes, and I call it being a little bitch, but you know, we'll just throw it out there because <laughs> my audience is used to that. I'm just throw it out and they get over it. Sure. People, when I pitched them on the by the multifamily, because obviously the house hacking thing wasn't something I had figured out until I read your book, which is this week. So I would give them the the duplex thing or the fourplex pitch because it works. I know because I've done it. And they, the first thing I hear is what you had just said is it doesn't work. I've got kids and it's a two bedroom apartment. I can't squeeze three kids in a two bedroom apartment and maintain my sanity. You know, it's eight, right. 900,000 square foot, whatever it is. It's not much one bathroom. My wife and I almost kill each over uh, each other over one bathroom. Could imagine sure. throw some kids in the mix. So to the same, to the same end, what about sacrificing of privacy? I mean, is there a sacrifice? Oh, oh, that's huge. Well, that's, that's why I wrote the book. Look, investing to me, is a synergy of three elements, uh, risk, reward, and time commitment. Right. So somewhere along the line, there exists a golden mean whereby for the lowest acceptable amount of risk, we can receive the highest desirable that we'll be okay with right. level of compensation in terms of ROI with the lowest time commitment, okay? Now, in house hacking, you can add another point to that, which is privacy. Uh, listen, here's the thing. I don't know how many evictions your listeners have done, but I've done enough to have seen them go very colorfully, <laughs> okay. Yeah, <laughs> been there. I do not want to ever have that next door to me. I don't ever want to post that pay or quit three days or get out. Right. Ever on a door of a very nice person who is extremely uh, who ex is experiencing financial stress and. I know how all that stuff goes. I don't want that. That guy, That's one of the main reasons I didn't go the fourplex route because right. everybody's always like, oh, okay, fourplex is it's just easier to manage. It's it's stable tenant base and this and that. Stable my ass. <laughs> I have a lot of rentals. There is nothing stable about this business. That's it's, a fact. It's the most stable income I've got, but uh, it needs to be managed yes. like crazy. People if you move. think, you know, and managing it next door to me, forget it. The stupidest idea ever. Like if you have, if, if I take my hat off, if you can do it, God bless. I, you know, I, I've got two kids 
And the quality of life I was looking for is not that. It's right. the opposite. So I needed my house hack to be doing something differently. So what, what are the, what's expected of you? If I'm the guy that, that is helping you, <clears throat> I'm, I'm your tenant of the week or whatever for their house hack, what do I expect as a tenant for you? What are my expectations generally? What do you find? Nothing. I'm a nice guy. So uh, listen, we can take it to, to, to the beginning, okay? So well, let me just describe what, what I do with this house hack, okay? okay? And then we can go through all of the logic and all of the pieces will fall in place. Not all of them. You have to read the book for all of them. Yeah, but we don't give away hopefully the book. we'll <laughs> get enough of a, uh, a sense. I bought a house with an attached casita. It's basically a mother-in-law suite. Now, this is where the lessons start. This mother-in-law suite is 234 square feet. Okay. okay. Um, first question who do you think is attracted to a 234 square foot? Because you know you can't discriminate in this business. Of course not. You can't discriminate. You can't discriminate against anybody. It's just, boy, it's morally wrong, but it's also illegal. Right. So your property, dear friends, listeners, if you don't own enough property, don't understand it, don't own any, your property is going to be doing that which you bought, that which you own, is going to be doing the discriminating for you. I've got 234 square feet. Now, Tyler, am I getting six college students coming out on vacation in 234 square feet? I certainly hope not. No, I'm not, because they need a little more room. Right. Um, am I getting retirees? Am I getting business travelers? Am I getting people who are here for a reason, uh, need a place to sleep that's good and respectable and quiet and clean and classy and upscale, but who don't really, they're not going to be staying there. They don't need the room. They're not there to sit at the pool, drink beer and, you know, do all that. Right. There's a reason I chose this route. This is what I want. I want it to be attractive to people who are easy to manage, right? Right. And that's exactly who I get. Now, so I have this casita. I made it extremely nice. Travertine on the walls in the shower, uh, granite countertop in the kitchen, uh, kitchenette in the, um, in the bathroom, you know, tile on the floor. I made it very nice. So the person it attracts is the person who will spend $250 a night on a very nice hotel but at the same time will pay me $85 because it's just as nice or nicer but third of the cost. But if you picture that avatar of that person, this is a person who can afford to travel. This is a serious person who is here on business on vacation to see grandkids, um, training camp for baseball or softball or whatever, um, here to finalize building specs in the house, they're going to retire, a contract work to analyze a local company, the company is paying for them to be there. Are you getting my picture? Oh, yeah. This, this is who is here. Reasonable, respectable, easy to manage people. They're a pleasure to deal with. I haven't had a bad experience yet. 
They're a pleasure to deal with. And that's who I want. Now, the Cassidy is on Airbnb and VRBO. It's a short-term rental, which means what? It means that I never have to evict anybody. Even if somebody gets here whom I don't get along with and I don't think I want them back, I never have to see them again once they leave okay. after a few days. So essentially, it's it's kind of like a, a the, it, the problem takes it fixes itself. You, somebody that's shows exactly up. what I did. Yeah, I got to deal with them for I don't know two three days whatever. I've got a deposit for damage or some sort of insurance for damage, and right. I just move on because this is not a long. I'm not stuck with them for twelve months as I have been. That's stuck exactly with them. <laughs> the worst thing that I can imagine doing as part of a house hack is to have 12-month leases. Oh, yeah. I mean, to me, that represents nothing but risk. And you know what? Making money is always counterintuitive. Most people think that a 12-month lease is the personification of stability and security. And I'm telling you right now that for me, stability and security is not having that lease because the peace of mind that I get that they're here today, they'll be out in seven days, and I never want to see them again, I never have to see them again, that piece of mind, no 12-month lease could ever compensate that. Well, and to that end, it's people ask me when I'm underwriting an apartment building, one thing I look at is obviously the leases, but I'm not looking at for them as how strong they are. I'm looking for when they end. That's <laughs> that, right. I don't care right. how good the lease is. What I want to know is when's the expiration date? That's what That's I'm really right. concerned about. That's right. It takes three years to circle 100 units, and you just go with that, and you know you're going to circle it. Right. right? Everybody I mean, else drives by the empty buildings, Ben. I'm the guy that pulls over and it's like, empty? Perfect. I can, <laughs> I can do it my way, then. It's outstanding. Exactly. So how does this, does this factor at all into the loan qualification process? I mean, can you go down and do your... No, that's the beautiful thing, because this is a single-family house. Oh, so you get all the benefits of single family. You get financing. all of the benefits of being an owner occupant. That, that that was the thing. And I, I spent significant time in the book on this. I've got too much property. I can't buy Fannie Freddie, you know, you know, I can't get those notes. So for me it's commercial note. Well, that's gonna be twenty five percent down, twenty year amortization, higher interest rate, uh, probably balloons or or at least arms, things right. like that. Five, seven, you know, which is all of it is fine. If you're going to be in the business, but this is my home. Right. I, 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 I'm not looking at this as a business. I'm looking at it as a home for my family. I wanted to be stable. So I wanted to see if I could get uh, the most vanilla financing that you can imagine. And of course, single family, you know, dwelling is the best financing you can get. Absolutely. It's the, yeah, everybody's backing it, supporting it. It's easy to qualify in most cases. I mean, and I don't know about New York out there in Arizona, but here in Florida right now, as of September, 2017, if you can fog a mirror, you can get a mortgage. <laughs> uh, that, it's not quite like that in Arizona. And I'm happy. I'm happy. It's not because then the writing would really be on the wall. I'm kind of bullish still. I right. think I think we got runway, but maybe not. Maybe I need to listen to you and, and research what's going on in Florida, because that sounds reminiscent of a few years back. The expenses, are they significantly higher? And um, from no. The, what about insurance? What about it? 
It doesn't go up any higher, any additional. Ah, that's not been my, you know, I'm not out there kind of, you know, advertising it or anything else. It's, it's a, it's a single family house. So let me ask I just happen to have a guest here and there. Let's say you guys go out of town for a month, three weeks, whatever, because you have the lifestyle now. Your, your yeah. housing costs has diminished. You obviously have more available cash at the end of the month because your housing costs are significantly less. Mm-hmm. You go on vacation for a month. You want to go to Europe. Would you rent the main house too? Is that an option? No. No. Okay. Again, you know, I didn't buy this house to be a rental. I bought it to be a house for my family. I just wanted a piece uh, of it to function as a cash flow entity. Yeah, to offset um, your expenses. That's right. And, you know, there's no there's no oven there. There's no stove in there. Uh, there's a little kitchenette with, with you know, with a sink and, uh, you know, a, a microwave. So th- there's very little risk of anything. And VRBO, Airbnb both provide million dollar blankets. And of course, you you, you need to have your own blanket. And uh, just I don't there's nothing there. What I love about this, the way you've laid this out, you, I can tell that you put a lot of thought, Ben, into the table of contents of this book. Because I'm sitting here yes. looking at it going, it, it, it's a step-by-step playbook. It's, it's as questions come up, you, you've got them laid out to like, okay, I've got a question about this. I'm in chapter six, and I'm starting to think about a question about taxes. Well, in chapter seven, taxes are covered in the very next chapter. It's almost as if you've read my mind the way you've spelled this out. Well, it's funny you mentioned that. I mean, that's how you write books. Your chapters are answers to questions, right? So when I knew when I was doing this and I backed into this accidentally, I knew it was an answer to a question. The The whole thing I was doing, the whole premise was an answer to a lot of people's questions. And you think about it, your expensive markets, your coastal markets, that are not affordable, it's an answer. Uh, retirees who, you know, maybe have a million, two million net worth, something like that, not really independently wealthy, right. wouldn't say no to a little extra income coming into their house and then they leave this to their kids. You know, this is an answer. Um, obviously, somebody who's just starting out, it's an answer. Somebody looking for something I called locational freedom. Again, it's a quality of life thing. It's building your life the way you want it. It's being able to say, I'm done over here. I'm going there. But you know what? Because I'm not independently wealthy, the cost of living is kind of a bother. I need to underwrite this. Well, this is an answer to doing that. So I realized very early on, I was solving my own problem. But I realized I was it's a solution to so many people's problems. So I, I, yeah, I decided to write a book because it's so viable. But how the chapters are laid out, that's the very thing I did. I sat down one day and I asked myself, I wrote down 50 questions that somebody might have right. about what it is I'm doing. And then I just picked the best ones and combined some. And I, that's, that's the chapters. And I wrote the book. It's perfect. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a must. This is something you got to absolutely get your hands on. The house hacking model folks applies to pretty much anybody. I mean, kids or no kids, single married, doesn't really matter. If the bottom line is, if you want to improve your quality of life, 
based on where you live or having that locational freedom or whatever reason, this method works. It's proven. I mean, and here it is. Everything's laid out for you. You've you've made this stupid proof. Really, it comes down yeah. to what is this? I don't even remember what this book cost me. Twenty bucks, whatever it was. Probably not. Not even. Not even. Totally worth it. Before we wrap up, Ben, is there anything else you want you want to add? That was awesome. By the way, I gotta say, I've got I got a lot of money or a lot of information out of this, and I can tell you that people, if you don't read this book, you're selling yourself short. My opinion. The thing is, we could have talked about apartments. Yeah. We could have talked about underwriting. We could have talked about all kinds of fancy schmancies, okay? Sure, that which is sexy. And we can. We can do another podcast and talk about syndicating. I mean, you know, for all I care, we can, you know, we can talk about all that stuff. House hacking is just appropriate across the spectrum. Yes. You know, if, if somebody is listening to your show who is looking to buy a 10-unit, a 20-unit apartment building, great. What's one thing got to do with the other? Right. Yeah, we've covered right. that, and that's why I do the show the way I do. The way you wrote the book is I, I break it down simple for people. Try to take the stuff that everybody thinks is hard and, and break it down. And you're right, right. Apartment buildings are not for everybody. Heck, apartment buildings are not for most people. Neither are notes or mobile home parks or single family houses or anything, but everybody needs a place to live. <laughs> yeah. And a way and to might as well, might as well get somebody else paying for it. Exactly. Yeah. Cause that was the second part of that is, and a place to pay for it. So this solves that thing. And ladies and gentlemen, you want to get started in real estate investing. You know, sometimes people tend to try to get a little bit ahead of themselves. And you, like, for example, going out and flipping houses, not having any idea what you're doing with construction, that well, doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. That's exactly right. If you don't know the difference between a footer and a rafter, you probably shouldn't be flipping houses or wholesaling them. That's right. Okay. <laughs> I don't care what the gurus say. Yeah. Uh, but let before we wrap up, just 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 because this is a case in point, let's talk some numbers. Okay. Right. Everybody wants to go out. Everybody wants to buy real estate. Let me just walk you through very simply. So seven months into this thing, I'm looking at a little over $9,000 of cash flow. I, I will end up with fifteen dollars to $16,000 of cash flow out of this thing. Okay? We don't have time for specifics, but this is what it is. Now, Tyler, you know as well as I do, in order to end up with fifteen dollars to $16,000 of cash flow on a leveraged building, you're going to be looking at NOI of about $45,000. Correct. Okay. You know, so you can pay your expenses, economic losses, and be left with $15,000 of cash flow. Right. Guys, at a 10 cap, those of you who know math, who've been listening to Tyler and understand a little bit about what we do, at a 10 cap, $45,000 is going to cost you 450000 bucks. But in a market that's any good, for an asset that's any good and worth having, you ain't getting it for 10 cap no. in 2017. You'd be lucky to get it at seven cap. That's correct. So what I've done here is I, I could have had the option to create this cash flow in a multifamily. I would have had to spend $650,000 for it. 
And then I would have had this cash flow. That $650,000 acquisition would have required 25% down. You could do that math. Yeah. It would have required a mortgage, uh, you know, carrying a whole lot of debt, uh, you know, probably with a five-year adjustment or balloon or whatever have you that I'm going to have to worry about down the road. Instead, I bought a single family with a little twist, and I'm making the same cash flow. If you are listening to this podcast, if you're going on bigger pockets, if you're coming to my website, just ask me, we can teach you anything you could possibly know about real estate. But the single simplest thing, the, the, the straightest path that you could take is what I'm describing in the book. Now, is the book the only thing you need to know? Absolutely not. You need to understand the concepts or you need to have some guidance. A lot of you have Tyler for that guidance. Whoever, however, however you develop your intellectual worth. But I'm telling you, by the numbers, and I break this stuff down in the book, you can't do any better. Period. No. I don't care where you live, where you are, you can't do any better. And for an experienced guy such as myself, I've done a few things in real estate. I've got a business here and my wife is an agent and, you know, we could do a number of different creative things. Still, even for a guy like me, I'm coming into this market and I'm thinking of what's the smartest thing to do. Here it is. Even for a guy like me. And I know a difference between a rafter and a footer and a few other things. <laughs> You'd say. <laughs> You know, so I, I, I mean, it's so it's so plain, you know, I mean, I Tyler, seriously, I can't you know, I'm passionate about this. Obviously, I wrote a book, but if we're going to help people, this is it. Ladies and gentlemen, you've just heard me say you've heard Ben what Ben just said. And how many times have I said don't spend the $50,000 on the Guru Boot Camp to learn how to buy a $50,000 house. That's what you call a bad investment. Everybody, including you, listening to this show right now, needs a place to lay your head. Needs to have some sort of self-worth that you're not living in some rat hole. So you follow this plan. What is the best teacher, Ben? Is it the Guru or experience of the first deal? I mean, I think I learned more in my first deal than I ever had yeah. out of any of the books that I've read. And, you know, I, I would have to acknowledge I sell a course. I sell it for a couple of hundred dollars. So I, I you know, I can't I think there's value in everything. I've spent a lot of money in the school of hard knocks. I've made a lot of mistakes to learn. I think there's value in coaching. I think there's value in purchasing a course you know, literally a couple of hundred dollars for a lot of knowledge. I think that's biblically okay. Sure. $50,000, you lose me right there. You know, yeah. 30,000, even 10,000, you just, 10, you, you lose yeah. me. There's, there's, you know, there's a point where it becomes ridiculous. Well, okay. Start getting into usury is what we get into. That, that's right. <laughs> that's right. But, but there's value in everything. But as far as eliminating risk as much as possible, eliminating, you know, a lot of people procrastinate jumping into rentals because of, they're afraid of management. They're right. Yeah. I'm not going to look down on somebody because they're afraid of what it's like to manage tenants. It's hellish to manage tenants, guys. I mean, you're right. Amen to that. It's, it, it is scary. So for you, 
maybe you don't want to become the next Warren Buffett of real estate. Maybe that's not your point. But having, you know, 10, 15, $20,000 of cash flow generated from a house hack that is a luxury house hack with the bells and whistles that you would expect. I mean, I, I'm going to get off this call and go jump in my pool. See? Okay. It, it's, you know, and then I got to cook chicken nuggets on my uh, stainless steel appliances, you know, <laughs> and granite countertops because the kids are expecting chicken nuggets. So, you know, daddy only gets so much time to record podcasts. The rest of the time I got to be useful, right? <laughs> that's where my highest and best is, Tyler. Hey, you're being that's useful to my, my audience, and that's all we care about. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's right. So, guys. My mother always says, if you look for brains up your ass, you're eventually going to find them. That's right. That's absolutely right. Don't look for brains up there. It's don't ever overcomplicate things. Um, You know, if you can generate $10,000, of cash flow with a place whereby your casita is 20 steps away from your front door, if something is funky, you know right away your reaction time is non-existent because you're right there. You're always there. You're attracting the kind of people who are not likely to cause any heartache. You, you can't, there's no guarantees in life, but unlikely, as unlikely as any rental situation you can imagine. I mean – this is why I'm doing it, because I want it easy. Yes. And this is why I wrote a book, because it's an answer. It's a real answer. It is a solution to the problem, that is for sure. And you- then if you want, once you buy your house hack, then if you want to learn how to buy a 20 unit, we can teach you that too. Yeah. But, but you, you gotta, know. It, it's, it's so much easier to teach you, ladies and gentlemen, if you've done a deal already. <laughs> That's correct. It, you know, if you got a little bit of net worth, it's not to be discriminatory to the folks that are broken penniless, but for whatever reason, real estate investing it attract. It, there are a lot of broke folks that are attracted to real estate investing as a solution, and that is not the solution. Real estate investing <laughs> is not a solution to poverty, folks. It is not a solution to poverty. The, the frame, your frame of mind, is a solution to poverty. Amen. Thank and that's much. a lot of what the book is about. It's you're not going to save your wealth, uh, you save your way to wealth. You, you're just you're just not. It's just not. You know, I, I and I this is the last thing I'm going to say, because, you know, I keep reading these articles about how you need to save a certain amount of what you make. You know what? Having a child costs what it costs. Paying the medical bills costs what it costs. There's there's a limit to how much you can cut. And so that advice that if you're going backwards, it's because you are not cutting enough. That's BS because a lot of you guys are cutting more than is possible to cut. You got to think top line. I'm bringing this book to you as the easiest way to add ten, fifteen thousand dollars to your top line. And that's a huge number for a lot of Americans. That's a huge. It's a huge number for me, dude. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, my mortgage is, you know, whatever, $2,000 a month. And this thing covers about thirteen to 1800 Nothing wrong with that math. Absolutely. Nothing wrong with that math. I mean, I don't have to live for free, but I enjoy it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's just the thing. you got a pool <laughs> no. to jump in. And I'm sitting here thinking. And I, I have I a pool like, to jump into. I'm feeling like the dumb one, Ben, because I don't have a pool to jump in. I've got a great looking place, but I don't have a pool to jump in. But you after can go this to episode, one of your apartments. Yeah, I can. Uh, apartment complexes with a pool and swim with the tenants. 
Most of them don't know who I am, so I could probably get away with that. <laughs> there you go. Ben, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day. I know you've got very pressing things to do, like cooking nuggets on the stainless steel gr grill or the big green egg that you probably figured out a way to get the tenants to pay for. <laughs> Not yet. I'm still working on that, but I'm thinking I got to get my kids to pay for that one. But there you go. You know, it's it's tough. Best it's way tough. to reach you. If people want to find out more about you, maybe look into your course or whatnot, they go to www.justaskbenwhy.com. There you have it. Ben. And my email is ben at justaskbenwhy.com. Ben at justaskbenwhy.com. There you go. Thank you so much, Ben. I appreciate it. And ladies and gentlemen, that's going to wrap this week's episode. I know your heads are probably spinning going, oh, my God, I can't believe I overlooked something so simple. Because if you're thinking that, don't worry. I'm thinking the same thing, and I'm the host of the yeah. show. I've got apartment buildings. I still live in the fourplex that we bought several years ago because we used to think that up until about an hour ago, we used to think that buying a property for us to live in was ridiculous and selfish because we're stuck on the Robert Kiyosaki line of thinking. We just never went to page two. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, now that you've discovered page two, I assure you pages three through, let me see how many pages are in this book. Uh, 204 are waiting for you on amazon.com. I'm sure you can probably also maybe source them through Ben's website. Ladies and gentlemen, pick up this book, take the time, invest the time to educate yourself and get yourself going to the next level. With that, I will catch up with you folks next week, and I appreciate you taking the time to spend with us this week. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas so you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.